Think you know how to party? Well, science does. In fact, there are nerds out there that spend their whole lives researching the ins and outs of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But don't take this nerd's word for it. In the Party Science Podcast, we break down the research behind a good time and a great time. I'm Dr. Joel Rindelob, a real-life scientific researcher. And I'm comedian Courtney Dawson, a real-life party girl. And together, we talk to world experts in psychedelics. Look at topics like the physiology of squirting and show you how science parties harder than you thought possible. Stay tuned every Wednesday for a new episode scientifically proven to rock your dome. This is a Frank Podcast. What happened was I I, I would look at myself do stand-up and I would look at myself perform and... I wouldn't like it anymore. On the very first episode of Honest to Who, I'm hanging out with my bro, Pax Asadi. Median's natural response is to explore pain in the context of comedy so that you don't have to face it in its entirety. We get to laugh at it. Pax has done absolutely everything in this game from stand-up to producing to even being the other bakery guy. I cannot wait for you to all enjoy the first episode of Honest to Who. That's what I got the other day, bro, when I was at the uh, Samoan game. Mm. This guy, he rocks up, hey, mm. Krakow's Wild. And I was like, hey, brother, man, mm-hmm. he goes, you're a fucking uffa. And I was like, man, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I know what that means. <laughs> All right, I'm here with um, the G-Field Gangster. Is that, like, how do we, the G-Field Gangster, maybe? I'm here with Pixar Sadi. Come on, do it properly. How do I make a G? Bro, you, you got, how do I make a G? It's, uh, there. something, yeah. Yeah, oh, with the little ticker. Yeah, with the, the little thing on that. Oh, yeah, G-Field, go. baby. It's good to see you, bro. It's good to see you, man. Look Thank at you for having me. Man, the funniest, like, the first time that I met you, you mm. were this, just this little coach that just needed a little bit of help. It was on the basketball court. That's right, I was man. about to say field. And that was, like, just before, that was right before the Tongan, I was pretending to be Tongan joke blew up. Yeah, it was just before the 2016 Comedy Gala. Yeah. Right before it, and then I saw you, and I go, man, that guy—he could, he could, he could be someone. That guy, he could be a good coach. And I was fucking—I was so fucking wrong. <laughs> did did I beat you that game? You've never coach? coached against me, and there's reasons because we were in different tiers. No, remember? we did. We were coaching against each other. No, nah, no, nah, nah, we were next to you. You were behind me. Remember, I was oh, in the—I was yeah. in the prem grade. Oh, were, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. And then you know, but nah, bro, it's cool to just sit here, bro, with you. Yeah, it's weird, eh? It is pretty weird. Who would have thought that all those years? ago where we were coaching in the same facility mm. that now would be doing your podcast together i know it's nuts but i'm th- you know and i said it to you it's like yeah. there's one person that kind of was there from day dot and it was like you know it was you so the first guest that had to be you thank you man i appreciate there it we go. yeah anyway. i didn't want to be here i'm tired yeah you sound tired <laughs> can we please get a little bit pep in your step bro i'm like come on brother I'm sorry. It's me, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, here That's we go. That's your boy, man. Wait, let me... Yeah, yeah bro. No, 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 wrong, wrong <laughs> artifice, bro. Put it, in, put it up here, bro. <laughs> oh, man. So much has happened to you, uh, for you uh, in the last yeah. in the last year? Yeah. Year and I, like, I like that you adjusted that. Because to say something, so much has happened to you means that I've been... It, it implies that I've been passive. Mm. But to say things have happened for you implies that I've been engaged and then they, they happen... Because of my action, I like that. It's a little thing. It's a little thing, but I've, I, I don't know. In my older age, I've started to become much more shut, aware of the little. Firstly, shut the hell up! You're like 32 years old. Yet. My older age. Shut the hell up. You might have some grays in your beard, but you ain't playing me like that, motherfucker. I know. 
shit. I got two kids, anyway, man. Oh, shut the bro, bro. I had two kids when I was 32 as well. I had no, I got a nine and a seven year old. I had my first kid at 22. You were married at 21, didn't you? 20. 20. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We I wouldn't recommend that. that. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Should we unpack that, man? What's it? What's it? It's, it's, it's I was objectively, time. I was. <laughs> Let's unwrap it. Let's do oh, it, look, bro. What's under oh. the Christmas tree? What's disappointment? What trauma. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would say, and when I say trauma, I mean for my wife, yeah. not me. I would say, um, yeah, getting married at tw- oh, oh, here's the part that I wouldn't recommend is when you're 20, don't get married if you're 20 to a 27 year old. Mm. Because they're a, they're that's, almost a full adult. That's six years of not depending on your parents, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you're still a child. <laughs> so I was objectively like a bad husband for like five or so years, give or take. Like and it's not possible. Like you're a child, okay, and your partner who marry you because they see good qualities in you and see th- you know they enjoy being around you and all of that stuff. Yeah. But then once they get in a house with you, yeah, and you're like. On PlayStation, being like, "Babe, I, about, I got big dreams." About, I was about to mention Babe, something. Did you ever get that? I'm talk gonna like, be someone. It's either the PlayStation or me. I had that one time, man. Not not my current partner. Just yeah. to put that out there, but yeah, I, had, yeah, yeah. I had I had I was Good with save. a chick, and she was just like, "It's it. You, you're always playing basketball, and you're always on the know, PlayStation playing the game." I was really lucky that, um, yeah, I did love playing video games, but I loved the grind of my career more. Yeah. So that that was the thing that allowed me to pull away from it. If I didn't have that, I probably would be divorced right now. But because I had that, it, it gave me something that felt worth pulling away from, which then contributed to my marriage at the same time. Mm. Was there a moment where like, you know, in terms of comedy becoming something, was there yeah. this one moment where you're like, see, I told you it would make some money. <laughs> nah, nah, man. I... Not, not in a, not in a, like, I told you so kind sure, of a way. Sure, sure, yeah, More yeah. of like, see, thank you for having faith in my dream, I suppose. And look, now it's finally like with the fruits have have come to fruition. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know why I, I think this way. I don't know why I operate this way. But I've always just had this like... J.R. Smith unearned confidence. Do you know mm, what I mean? That, that Dion Waiters. That Dion Waiters. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just like Jamal Crawford. Mm. Like if the ball touches my hand, it's not leaving my hand. Do Jordan you know Poole I mean? stuff. Jordan Poole stuff. Yeah, like like I'm getting in the lane yeah. and I'm trying to score over three seven-footers. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know why I've just had this unearned confidence that like it's going to work out and it's going to be okay. And even me as a 32-year-old, if I look back at the 20-year-old version or 21, 22, 23-year-old version of me, this 32-year-old will probably think he's really naive mm. and like head in the clouds. But for some reason, I don't know what it was. I don't know. Maybe it's the way my parents raised me. I don't know. Maybe my consumption of hip-hop culture my whole life. Like there was just something in me that just didn't let the concept of failure even enter the conversation. And... Yeah, I, w- I mean, to go back to your f- point before, I was really lucky that I had a wife that was like, cool. Mm. You know, like, yeah, we're making $30,000 a year right now for our family, and that's, like, not borderline not possible. Like, you know, we're asking for favors and asking for people to help out, but for some reason she was like, yeah. Because I think, um, like, a lot of people don't... Idiot, by the way. Oh, but like she's so like, go get someone with a real job. You know oh, what I mean? I, man, I, I was about to mention this. Yeah. I was about to say, man, she's, 
She's actually, you know, you're punching, brother. You, 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 yeah. you, that's an overhand right to the sky punching. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yo, did I tell you I sat next to you? Actually, I don't know if this is. I sat next to your partner, mm. uh, to, to your wife, at mm. um, actual gig, the one at um, uh, Monaco. Mm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I made a bad impression because I was just horsed off my face. <laughs> And I was just laughing like I was trying to support you yeah. through laughing extra loud. Yeah, yeah. And so you would hear me and you'd go, that's my boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. And I did. Oh, in my mind and heart, I oh, did. Wow, because there's, there's that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards I was like, man, what a fucking idiot I was. Because yeah. now Pax's wife thinks I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an idiot And drunk. also, and you know for sure she's like, he's not that funny. Yeah, like, yeah, You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? She's sitting in the chair like, come on. No, no, no. The funniest part was that but we, you've got a bit about role playing. Yeah. And I just, oh, no. I, I laughed and then I just turned to look. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you reckon? Honest? <laughs> Is he telling the truth? Oh, was shit. he a nurse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there was that part as well. But, um, yeah, I think some people forget, like, sacrifice isn't just shit that you sacrifice. It's, yeah. It's your team's sacrifice, right? Well, your daughters and your missus have to sacrifice my for parents, you to be great. My my brother, mm. like this, uh, you know, it's all on different scales, but everyone, everyone gives up a little bit and contributes a little bit, you know, everyone's contributing to the whole yeah. in, in some way, you know? Um, yeah. To, to think of success, reg regardless of what the field is as a team effort is kind of the only way to do it without getting to the end of the road and still feeling empty inside. Was there any part that you were like, man, and, and I get this quite a lot too, Yeah, as you feel this this burden of like selfishness, you're like, man, I f I'm selfish. Like, Oh bro. bro I go, oh, I'm oh, getting that every day now. Oh, like, you know, hundred percent, 1000%. I quit. I quit for a year completely. I quit completely. Stopped doing stand up. stopped doing anything related to the entertainment industry. And it was purely out of the fact that I just couldn't do it anymore. Like not, not for myself, but for other people, like my, my kid, the thing that triggered it, the, the biggest thing that triggered it, was my kids wanted to go to, I don't know what it was, but like, I think they wanted to go to like Butterfly Creek or something like that. And I was just like, oh, so I made up some excuse, but between my wife and I, we were like, we just can't afford it. Mm. And something switched where I was like, how long can I do this? Mm. Like, how long can I like make make my kids suffer? And I know that's a first world problem that your kids don't get to go to a, a yeah, you but, know, like, I mean, it's, but it has an effect, yeah. you know? And I stopped, I quit and I, I went and studied teaching and was like, oh, I'll just be a teacher. You know, you don't make that much money, unfortunately, which is like a bigger conversation about why the education system is not valued as it should be. But I was like, I'll just be a, a you know, steady job, contributing to society, trying to be the best teacher I can possibly be. Hmm. You know, there's room to like grow management positions, whatever, blah, 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 all of that stuff. And I really, I really... You're okay with it? I thought I was. Mm. I thought I had made peace with it. I really did. I was. I tried really hard. And I actually put a lot of effort at uni and like, by the, at the end of the year, my wife came up to me and she goes, you got to stop. Mm. You got to stop. And I was like, what? What do you mean stop? Like, we're here now. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'll make a, a steady living and we'll just live in a nice, comfortable life. We don't even have to live in Auckland. Like, I don't care. Mm. And she was like, nah, this is not like, you are a shell of yourself. And I was like, a, really? Man. I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize. I was just, just living it. I was just living it. I yeah. was just like, I didn't know I turned into a shell of myself. But she, you know, the, an outside party looks at you differently. An outside party mm. like looks looks at you with like, 
these eyes of like, the joy's gone. Wow. You know, this person that I knew, there's certain parts of them that have died now. And I guess she just couldn't let that happen. That that shows quite a lot of awareness, I suppose, on your on your wife's side. She's you know a very what I mean? intelligent person. Oh, well, she, um, except for you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. That's I mean? the that's, part where I'm like, I question yeah. all hey. everything that's good about her. The fact that she committed to this, I yeah. question everything. Yeah, a hundred. <laughs> and I do the same with mine. <laughs> I'm just like, why? You're doing so much for me, yeah. and here I am, just living the life, having iced coffees with packs. Yeah. Just yeah. cheers, bro. I'm La on a water. I'm at the cast every second night. We don't oh. need a mortgage. I got the cast. <laughs> Fuck, I just figured out that the cast was a casino. Like, when people were going, Yeah, bro, the cast. I was like, You didn't know what it was? I knew what it was, but yeah. I was like, You guys call it the cast? Yeah. Shit, that's amazing. I love that. I thought it was, I thought it was people who couldn't pronounce cash. Yeah, yeah. I need some cash. <laughs> it's Mike Tyson's way of saying, Give me the cash. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh. I, I, she's very intelligent. She's very like intuitive. That's her like superpower. I say is that mm. she has this intuition. Like she'll look at someone and be like, There's something going on in their life. And I'll be like, Hey, no, they're fine. They're fine. Mm. And then like four months later, they'll open up to her about like how something's, you know, something's breaking down in their life. And I was like, man, how did you, she just has so she that, has you know? I wonder what her um, intuition was when I sat next to her and she was just like, man. This oh, girl. I don't think you need that much intuition. You a horse, G. <laughs> I think anyone can just figure that oh, out. Oh, man. Shout out. Shout out to- This uh, guy is bearing his emotions. Shout out. I was like, this guy's funny. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, what the guy? What was that guy's name? Oh, uh, man. He was so funny. And, uh, but um, because you, you're a dad of two girls. Yeah. Um, what has that taught you, just having two girls around being a man? I know that's a deep question, but yeah. I don't think there's much. I, you know, I have two daughters, and yeah. do, you a, do you have a son as well? I have a son as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can shoot both ways. If yeah. I need it to. yeah, 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 yeah. But after that, no more. I, oh man, it's 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 a roller coaster, man. Mm. It's a roller coaster. It is a real um, like. I was, it's interesting that you asked this because I was thinking about this like a couple of days ago. Um, it's my intuition, bro. Yeah, oh, man. I've got. I think I've got. The same <laughs> You've got thing. it, bro. I'm, I've actually been to Canada. Have so, you? Yeah, once. Just your partner's that, from without, Canada. Yeah, without without the context of who my wife is, yeah. you saying that is so random. Well, <laughs> I've got know, intuition, bro. I've been to Canada. I've been to Canada, bro. <laughs> I know Drake, bro. <laughs> That's where you get intuition from. Yeah, bro. I'm you, a, you oh, bro. Just suck the maple syrup out of the tree. It's and the you temple. Get... The temple of intuition is in uh, Ottawa, bro. <laughs> But um, yeah, do you, do you feel that with some like? I mean, I've had, a, I've got a son, and it's a bit different. Yeah. But with two girls, uh, uh, before we before we go like really yeah, deep, yeah. tell me on the on a, on the surface, what is the difference between being a father of girls and a boy? I think I think for me, with a girl, you just learn you learn sensitivity and you mm. learn how to kind of adjust. But mm. I, I had my my daughter, my two daughters first, mm. so that's all I knew, right? Mm. And then my son came along, and I was like, oh, this is a this is a different flavor of ice cream yeah, like, right. you know what I mean it's it's a bit different yeah. and he's rough and he likes to you know, wrestle yeah, and yeah. he watches this he watches that whereas you know my girls are a bit different do you, th- do you think that um, him having older sisters has had an impact on him versus if he was just a, an only boy or had like mm. two older brothers like do you think that's impacted oh, his sensitivity or his 100% you think yeah. you think 
Yeah, he's he's too, you know, and and also were you, you about know, to say he's too sensitive? He was too soft. I was going to say, but <laughs> be honest, don't, man. Don't, okay, hey, hey son, I was only joking. <laughs> All right, whatever happens here is just you cry. I'm just playing a character. Men don't cry. <laughs> no, but he's <laughs> he's very sensitive. Only in the tub. He's f- <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> Look at us. Oh. Only in the bathtub. <laughs> Man, I'm bro. Okay, before like uh, uh, just sidetrack, sidetrack. Okay, my shower, my shower broke. Like we got a crack in the bottom, like in the bottom tray. The there's a crack. Have you got a Have you got one of the tub ones where you have to go? No, 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 no. Just just a standard one, but like the porcelain whatever thing cracked. Okay, and so someone was like, "Hey, you shouldn't shower anymore until you get it fixed because water could seep in and then start damaging the floorboards under." So we were like, okay, we better stop. So we called around and they were like, okay, we'll come fix it, but it's going to take a couple of weeks. We've got other jobs. So yeah. we had to wait a couple of weeks. Bro, bathing as a grown man for a couple of weeks <laughs> is the most confronting thing I've ever experienced in my life. This is, oh my gosh. When you lay f- there, yeah. you lay there and you look down at your body. And your thingalang's just like <laughs> dancing. <laughs> just floating. It's up. just, it's like it's seaweed. Like, it's like... <laughs> It's like at the, it's the background of SpongeBob's house. It's just and then you just see and you see the peaks of your body poke out of like the soapy water, and you're like, man, I feel like Janet Jackson right now. <laughs> it's confronting, man. I never want to bathe again. I've gone over bathing. I haven't As had it. Like you, you don't mind it, or you never no, do. No, it? no, no. I, I had no choice. How else yeah, do I wash myself? Man, you go to the gym and you use that shower there, bro. But then you use oh, the man, shower. That's so smart. Oh wow, that's so smart. <laughs> Come on, bro. I should have called you when this happened. Bro, normally you do, but you've been neglecting me for the last like three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally I'm that Yoda to your Luke. Yeah. And I was like, hey, um, well, it's probably the other way around, to be honest. You, you kind of hook me up with some of that knowledge. No, we're each other's Yoda. Oh, there we're we two are. Yodas. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> one of us is the baby one, though. And yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the 32 year old. Uh, yeah. No, they'll things. take that. Okay. So, you know, sidetrack from the sidetrack. I went down one sidetrack, then <laughs> yeah. it went to. Fucking packs pubes just floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I'm clean. I'm clean down there. Get off it. There's no way. You there, don't think so? No, I guarantee you. I'll put my hell. I'll put my mortgage on the fact that you are not clean. I in this moment. In this moment, you're saying right now. In this right. Mo- uh, how clean though? That's the thing. If we're just going razors, if we're we just going clippers, is a little bit different. I'm go. I'll say. <laughs> Clean enough that they're not long enough to wait to like. Oh wait, okay. you know oh, what I mean. Man. You must have had a good weekend or something, bro. You must have had a must have had over one. Shout out to Butterfly Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Two for one special at Butterfly Creek, man. We gotta hey, bro. Gotta, you know, gotta trim up. It's beautiful how life unfolds because now I can send my kids to Butterfly Creek whenever. I'm Boom. like, you wanted to go to Butterfly Creek? Boom, bitch! You get the fucking go. You want to see the crocodile, motherfucker? Six weekends in a row. <laughs> You want to see the dinosaur, man? You will enjoy it. <laughs> we're going rocket ropes too, man. It's an extra. It's an extra $25, but we're going. How good does that feel that way? Oh, man. Well, you're just like, okay, let's just go. Yeah. Let's it go feels to good. Let's go here. <clears throat> money doesn't buy you happiness. And money, you know, we all know, with you have a lot of money, but you're empty in all the other aspects of your life. Mm. You're empty. Yeah. But- it's pretty good, man. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's pretty bomb. It opens some doors. Like know? without us, you know. You get it. Yeah, you can upsize that combo. You're good. You're good. You know I, mean? You're I remember. Good. Yeah, there was heaps of times when you just don't. You don't upsize. You don't you get. Don't, you don't get yeah, the combo. You yeah. just get the burger. Yeah, and that's it. Or you just get the small fries. Yeah, or you use the Burger King app and you. You, you get yeah. a couple of two for one specials, but 
it's 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 a nice feeling where you can just be it like, is. cool. It is. All right, I'm- and it's nice for people to have the green light to admit that, mm. to have the balance, mm. to understand that <clears throat> it's not the key to happiness, but to also be okay with saying that it has improved my life and that's okay. Okay. What's okay. your, what's your two? Okay. okay. All right. Because in my head, I'm like, yo, this is not where we were going with this conversation. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. Going back to your, back, back to being a dad. Yeah. Okay. Which one of your two girls are more is like my favorite? you? Oh. Yeah, or that too. Uh, <laughs> well, pretty much you're your favorite. So which yeah. one is closer to you? Which one do you reckon? The older one is closer to me. Yeah? Yeah. In terms of like comedy and character traits. Yeah. You know, I, it, this is the simplest way to put it. The simplest way to put it is that, um, like my wife is mostly heart and I'm mostly head, but we have, we both have the ability to go to the other place, mm. but it's not our comfort zone, if that makes sense. But we can, we can traverse. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and again, this is a very reductive way to put it and it's much more nuanced than this, but my older one is more like me. She's more up here and my younger one is more here. Do you ever get moments where you just sit there and you go, yep, that's me. And you're just like, oh yeah. When they get in trouble. When they start reflecting you. My bad. Oh man. When they start doing what you do and you start to see your bad habits in them, that's really confronting. so rough, eh? It's so confronting. Yeah. Because my son has got a quick mouth. Like he's fast. Yeah. He's fast to his sisters and his mum and no filter. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, you shouldn't say that. But in my head, I was like. That was a good one. You yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I respect that. You got yeah, it on that one, yeah. but I can't say that because I'll yeah. get a hiding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Oh man, it's confronting when, yeah, when they do things that like, you're like, if, if that is definitely coming from me and I can't beat myself up about it, but that's me, man. Like, yeah. When you, <laughs> when you catch your daughter peeing in the pool boom, and you're like, man, that's me, baby. Yeah. We've been, we've been in all the pools. Every pool. Yeah. Why were the hot springs? Paddle, it's people's paddling pools. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, man. We get pool there. tables. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn. Jordan Pool pissing. Oh. <laughs> we're pissing all over Jordan Pool. <laughs> no matter what pool it is, we're there and we're pissing in it and on it. Oh man. <laughs> I love but, the. I love the. I love your producer just sitting there being like, "It's just chill, man." This is weird. Yeah. It's like, damn, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this shit. I thought we were just going to be talking about comedy up in this motherfucker. These guys are pissing on everybody. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's I'm having think, fun. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But, um, with, with growing up and, um, with being, you know, a uh, girl dad, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, are you, are you shooting for another? What, what nah. Are we doing? Nah, that's nah, it. we're done. You ever thought about getting that snip snip, bumper? I've thought about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I've thought about it. It's, bro, it's a, it's a journey, bro. Oh, have you done it? I did it, bro. <gasps> I did when? It. Fuck, I, as soon as my son was born, man, I was like, no, 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 no. Is it a journey? Bro. Walk me through it as much as you can. I can. <laughs> this is my podcast. Yeah, I, you can do whatever I, you want. Bro, I'll do whatever. The, hey, is that all, all good? So I'll, I'll go through. Jake, Jake's fine about this. Um, bro, Jake's had it done as well. Bro. This Jake thing, did it. Oh, wow. To you. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were just having fun, but I thought it was just a Sunday. <laughs> Shit. But nah, man, like when you first get it, it's like, oh, is that it? Bro, the next day is fucking, whew, it's really rough. I heard stories week. that it like swells up. Bro. Okay. So I, I went to sleep. Everything was looking normal. Yeah. Everything is fine. Yeah. I go, wake up at like midnight to go mm. for the toilet, go mm. to the toilet. It looked like my thing was just resting on an avocado, bro. Wow. It was purple. It was wow. It was swollen. It was a bit firm. 
bro. Wow. Bro. And I was like, wow. And I was scared to pee for ages. Yeah. And then... And did then, you, then did you sitting down, it, like to see if yeah, it was ripe. Man. Yeah, yeah, I did. Bro, no, I actually took the pip out of it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know the top, and then you read it, and yeah. oh no, it's not and ready. Put like, it back on. Cube up, and did you scoop it up? Put it in the salad. Corey Webster went in it, bro. It cut it, but no, like man, that thing was crazy. Oh, and then man. just sitting down, man, it was hard for like a good month, man. But then after that, it's, it's, it's all go. But yeah. you have to wait, like you can't, like you can't let it, you can't release that shit for a long time, right? Really? You get about, I think it's like a two to three month thing. Maybe, 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 maybe two months. Wow. Yeah. So you're you 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 got to you got to lock and load. You got to lock it up, man. Yeah. And then even the first time, you're like curious you're like fuck what's gonna happen here yeah what's what's gonna be what's what's gonna happen when the first one happens and then uh yeah and it was fine it was fine it was fine yeah but uh, no man it's it buzzy the weirdest part was like when you get it done mm. and like you know there's another person shaving down there for you mate and it's just like oh i don't know about this i'm not oh, too sure oh right yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it was another man yeah just so you know hey that's that's, that's a fine real, that's a real practice in in being secure in yourself yeah. yeah. Well, at that time, I was quite young. Bro, I had the weirdest experience with medical practitioners and going down there. I had a pain. I was having a pain that was like near my groin, but kind of in my stomach area. Okay. And so I went to get it checked out. And thankfully, it's nothing. I, you know, CT scans and blah, blah. It's, mm. it's thankfully nothing. But early on, they were like trying to examine and they were like pushing around my stomach to see what it was. And... um. He was, he would ask me like, is it a, you know, I'm going to touch here and I'm going to touch here. And then he just yanked my pants down. No asking? No asking. Whoa. And he just started like feeling around there and then pulled my pants back up. Okay. And I was like, yo. Yo, there was no like pre-warning. No pre-warning. No, hey man, I'm just going to. Nah, wow. nah, he just went. He you just sure went he worked there, bro? <laughs> was it the receptionist? But then he picked up, he, then he picked up a broom and walked out. <laughs> And I was like, who was that? <laughs> and then the police came in and they're like, wait, have you seen a guy that's pulling down you know, people's pants? You know the craziest part of his examination was? There was a student. Was it when he was, did he look you in the eye when he was pulling <laughs> your pants? <laughs> no. Was he just like. No. <laughs> there was a student. There was like a student who was like fourth year med or whatever. Watching him do it. Just standing there. This young woman. Does she have a camera? No, <laughs> no she, she it was it was sketch pad actually. No, she, uh, she was just standing there. And like, she was like, before it all began, yeah. he was like, hey, this is a student from blah, 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 uni. Oh, yeah. She's That's fourth year med. Like, is it okay if she just sits in on our examination? I was like, yeah, of course. But then she just had to stand there and like, withstand this like she was like right there she was at the bed she was at the foot of the t- bed what was your when he pulled your pants down what was the first reaction like whoa hers or mine no yours oh we all I, know hers whole, would be whoa no, she was, baby man, bless her she was yeah. silent okay, okay she was dead silent but i was like first of all i was like man it's it's cold and but shrivel. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, you could have given me a couple of minutes to warm up yeah. and also that was a moment where i was very untidy oh wow yeah like, uh, I'm not even sure if she saw it. Yeah, it was probably Jackson 5 out of here. <laughs> it was a bit Don King, you know It was like, I mean? damn, that bro's really into comedy. He's got microphones everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, Don King. But uh, man, that's weird. Yeah, weird, eh? Did you get his name? Nah. Oh, man. Uh, I don't remember his name. He was old, though. Okay. He seemed Maybe like grizzled. Telling. He seemed grizzled. Like, he's like, he's like, 
Pull it down, mate. He's like, come on, mate. Like, no one cares. This is my third dick I've seen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he just he just he gave off that energy. Yeah, which I guess is like whatever. I mean, it is it is what it is. You know, that's what people do. Yeah, just show a little bit of it. It is right. Yeah, people just did he did he kneel down to pull your pants down or was he standing? Nah, full stand. Ah, powerful stand as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like almost a little bit leaning over me. Oh, yeah. It's like a staunch, like, yeah, Oi, real staunch. You better too. You better pull your pants and, down but, right now. But also, like, quite a firm palm on my stomach, pushing me down. Did he? Did he pinch the sides, or was it a? Ooh. No, no, no. It was like it was like one hand firmly placed on my stomach. Okay. And like pushing me down, almost like a power trip, yeah. power power play. And then he, he clawed two fingers, clawed, hook into my pants, and like pull back. Oh, he looked like this. No, he didn't lean over. He just clawed it. And flipped it. And, and just went, junk like that. Oh, you were lying down. Sorry. I was no, lying no. down. Oh, I, thought you, no. I, thought, I thought you were standing up and he's just like, give me a look, big, big puppy. <laughs> I wasn't lying down. I was mid-examination. Oh, I get you. I does get it you. make more sense now? Yeah, now it does. Hat, now, hat placed. You've ruined my uh, my Claw. fantasy now, brother. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, damn, Pax. Pax is standing Clawed, up. Pull it down. Hand. Feel, 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 feel. Any pains? Cough. No, not cough. Is that a thing? It must be for testicular cancer. Yeah. I don't know. At least he didn't do the examination. Yeah, and then he, and then and then claw. Yeah, back up. How uh, how fast was this? Fast. Yeah, fast. I would say no more than a minute. Wow. Man, thank you for in, sharing that with us. It man. Is real, I feel very vulnerable. Bro, I'm, I'm feeling very privileged that you were vulnerable to share that with us. And, um, and I'm happy I did that. I'm happy. Just, yeah. he's, he's like, Fuck. I feel like he doesn't respect my. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't respect my experience. So did you get? But end of the story. Did you get it fixed? What was what was going on? No, I still get it. But they uh, they said they did a bunch of scans and were like, we're not finding anything that matters. Yeah, you know, the worst thing is like you just needed to go for a shit. That was the whole thing. I mean, I haven't shit for eight months. That that's that that's it. Bro. Nah, it's fine, man. <laughs> surely, surely, I've got enough uh, storage I mean, compartment. I only in drink there. iced coffees now, <laughs> and I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> because that's who I am. I'm an iced coffee guy now. Yeah, ice ice coffee packs is in the building, everybody. <laughs> he is. He's got a lot of energy, and he's blocked yeah, up. Bring out the Ferrero Rochers. <laughs> Oh man! So you get a bit like comedy for you? What? Because you well, don't say what? Because you you kind of you're getting back into it, correct? Like you stand know, stand up. You mean? Yeah, stand up. Is yeah, it, yeah. I'm getting back into it. Can I, should I be honest? Yeah. Do you, uh, here's a question. Now I'll be. I'll ask a question. Open yeah, this up. Yeah. You've done it for so long. Are yeah. you still in love with the genre of it? The the the, the craft. <clears throat> if you were to ask me this question. If you were to ask me this question, mm, I would say two years ago, two and a half years ago, I'd probably unequivocally say no. Oh. Yeah. I've lost. I don't know if I don't love it anymore, but <clears throat> I've definitely, my my deep infatuation with it and obsession with it has wavered greatly mm. if this was a question two years ago. And then, and I was really confused and it was really confronting because this is, I started stand up at 19. Yeah. That's, that's what all I, mean. I know. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to ask this question because, you know, like, 
bro, I love basketball. It's yeah. my jam. But yeah. right now I'm like, oh, it's, I don't love it as much as I did. Yeah. But you still, there's a love there. It's just yeah, not yeah, obvious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I didn't, I never felt this desire to like disconnect from it completely, but it felt strange to not be obsessed with it. Like I've always been, yeah. you know, because now you move into a different phase of your life, but you know, life of life's not linear. Mm. You know, and and to assume that life is linear is is probably quite naive. But but you don't expect these things to happen, but they do. <clears throat> and the thing that, the, th- thankfully, in that moment where I'd started to like waver, my 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 love for stand up started to waver. I got the opportunity to make Raised by Refugees, a sitcom that I made, and I was challenged. In making that and in in being the spearhead of that, the writer and the showrunner and and then in the second season getting the opportunity to, to direct, in that <clears throat> I discovered a passion for creating again, but I realized that passion for creating came from feeling challenged mm. and feeling uncomfortable. And I realized in, in that experience, I realized that stand-up, I lost something that... M- made me feel uncomfortable and I got way too settled yeah. in stand up. Like I just kind of knew how to do stand up. I could walk and literally walk on any stage in any room and bang, you know, like I just knew because you give me four minutes to watch the audience and I assist the audience, four to eight minutes to assist the audience. And I know exa- I've got four hours of material. Yeah. I can just go, oh, okay, this is this kind of audience. Here we go. Load the clip, bang, 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 big laughs and I'm out. And that, it sounds cocky, but like no, I don't think it does. <coughs> it's it's facts, right? If you think about it's yeah. facts, Asadi. That's what that's his other name. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. it, it is like like you've had. I mean, you know, like the um, Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand mm. hour thing. Mm. It works with everything, but when mm. it comes to, I don't want to say cut and copy stuff. Yeah, but you know, you see this situation. Yeah. Oh, I've got I've got a tool for that. Yeah, and boom away. I've you seen go. this, you know, fifty times before. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Totally. And, 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 and this, like this, you know, this will apply to industries, you know, Anything. All, all, all the industries around the world, this phenomena will apply. Mm. And, but what, what making a sitcom or a TV show taught me or made me realize is that I still do love stand up. I love stand up, but what I have to do with stand up is in the form of stand up and in the context of stand up push myself and continue to challenge myself Ooh. and and walk into spaces in the context of stand up that feel really uncomfortable but that's what keeps the fire going that's what makes me in, that's what keeps me interested and and it makes the process of stand up scarier regularly what would be the, for stand up yeah. what would make you uncomfortable now <clears throat> to, you know like being comfortable with being uncomfortable what would yeah. what would that look like uh, for someone that's had so much experience like you, pushing myself to talk. But this is just an example yes. of, of things that I've been yeah. thinking about. But pushing myself to talk about things that I know the that will probably alienate the audience with, within the first couple of minutes. But figuring out how can I talk about that? Okay. And what is the route? And how do I? I know I'm going to alienate them initially, but how do I do that and then bring them back on side? Like pushing myself to go into spaces where normally for a less experienced comedian and a comedian that doesn't quite know what they're doing yet, they're still figuring out their craft. Not only is that something that is challenging to do, but 
it's also something you don't do. Mm. You know, like the, every single piece of advice, if you read whatever stand-up book, I mean, I don't believe in all of these stand-up no. books. You just got to do it, right? Yeah. But if you read them or if you go to a stand-up class, one of the biggest pieces of advice <clears throat> that you'll see over and over and over and over again is within the first couple of seconds, ingratiate yourself to the audience, mm -hmm. get a big laugh, make them feel super comfortable, be really warm, all of that stuff, so that the rest of your set is landing in the hands of an audience that is already on your side. But how do you walk into a space, Not maybe not immediately, mm. but how do you walk into a space while doing stand-up that is inevitably and intrinsically challenging and hard to hear and hard to listen to, and but still be able to traverse that in a way that gets to the point where the audience has laughed, the audience has thought, the audience has been challenged, the audience has had a good time. Yeah. And 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 you have succeeded in all the markers that you're trying to succeed in. Be funny, say something interesting, say something challenging. But doing that in a context where normally most people would be like, dude, like avoid that. Yeah. You know? That's just one example. There's so many different examples, but that's just one example of like not being comfortable and pushing yourself to 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 do that which then leads for me, some people might not want to. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fine. Some right? comics just want to have their 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes of stand up that they know kills and they just want to crush for the rest of their life. And that's okay. Yeah. But I just can't. What was the catalyst for you to make that decision? Because, you know, I, I mean, you know, you, you make a good money. You can get on and do, yeah. do any show in the world, and you have. Yeah. yeah. But then you're like, you know what? No, I, I need a change. Was it seeing somebody's act? Was it just being like, you know what? No, I, I was it an intrinsic thing, something that you needed to do? Mm. How did that all work? I, I think what happened was I stopped enjoying watching myself. Okay. Yeah. I think what happened was I, st I, I would look at myself do stand-up, and I would look at myself perform and I wouldn't like it anymore. Mm. Is it because you're doing stuff you already knew or there was no new I think material? Or? I think it's, I think it's partly because of that. I yeah. think it's partly because I would look at myself and be like, this is material you've been doing for years. But even when I would watch myself do material that was somewhat new, mm. I think what I was watching was someone who was settling and being okay. safe and myself yeah watching myself settle settle and be i don't know why i turned british just then watching myself settle all right mate um <laughs> cheerio yeah keep going and be safe and i didn't like that i didn't feel inspired by myself i didn't look at myself and feel appreciative of that craft anymore because i knew i knew that that person was just writing material that I think the key is that person was writing material that they knew is going to work, whether or not they found it that interesting or engaging themselves anyway. Okay. It yeah. was under, it was someone who was, who understood the rhythms and mechanics of stand up and was just writing to that. Did you like, you know, in terms of having that, that idea and that yeah, mindset, yeah. that that's not a born thing. Like nobody's born with that. How did, yeah. you, when, well, how did you, improve on that because a lot of people will go I'm the shit yeah. like fuck I don't give a shit like I, I might it might be old material but I don't care yeah. it gets laughs Yeah, but that that takes a different idea that takes a different mindset what, what was your thing and when did that start for you because a lot of people don't even want to know about that yeah. they're okay with just being yeah. okay yeah. you know good yeah but there's, there's a switch that a lot of people don't have yeah. and it's like I need to get uncomfortable I need to be better is there anything that you can remember? 
I think I think it it partly it does come from my upbringing. Mm. <clears throat> and not I'm not I'm not out here to say that my my upbringing was perfect. I don't think anyone's is, no. but but I think it does come from my upbringing and I think it does come from partly it comes from my parents <clears throat> yes, uh, you know, my parents are the classic Asian parents, the classic Middle Eastern parents who just want you to be a doctor. And that, you know, I do jokes about it and I and I and I reference it in my comedy and in my performances and it gets laughs and it's highly relatable to not only Asian and Middle Eastern audiences, but also people who just come from like high pressure families. Yeah. Where uh, and and you understand why, you know, like becoming a doctor or an engineer is the Quick, from from being a refugee yeah. in one generation, you can turn everything around. Financial stability and social hierarchy. Boom, like that, Done. right? So you understand it. But I was really lucky to have parents that, yes, they wanted that and yes, they pushed that. But at the end of the day, they noticed that their child, both me and my brother, both their children, just weren't inclined like that and wanted to create. Yeah. And it was a tough pill for them to swallow. But inevitably, by the end of it, <clears throat> They both said, look, if you're going to do something, don't take it for granted and be the best version of that you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Right. And that really stuck with me because I grew up with a father and a mother who are like, they're, they're, they're overwhelmingly prevalent character trait that I, that I admire the most is their tenacity Mm. and their, and their, and their willingness to never give up. Do you remember on um, the movie Step Brothers? Yeah. Yep. And at the end, and then the, the, you know, he's like, the dad's like, I just want to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And he's like walking around, and you know, he he started being silly like yeah. like them. Yeah. And, you know, the whole it. the whole sh- you know the whole <clears throat> he's movie. Fighting it. He's just like, you guys are fucking idiots. Da, yeah, da, da. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? When I was a kid, I actually just wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex yeah. until I was like four, 15 years yeah, old. Yeah. Yeah. Do you look at your parents and go, man, maybe like, is there any surprises that you have come across? You're just like, oh, that's, I kind of get it from, I can get that, that the wittiness and that quickness from them. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. The, the the irony of my father and my grandfather telling me to not be a performer is not lost on me. Mm. They are performers. Yeah. They're just performers that never had the, the don't get me wrong. What I'm doing comes from privilege. Mm. I'm not out here pretending like I'm from the mud and like all of this stuff. Like, yeah, my, my parents were refugees. Yeah, they struggled for years. Yeah, they, yeah, all of that stuff. But because of their hard work and their willing, their unwillingness to ever give up, they put me in a place of privilege. So, yeah. firstly, I want to I want to recognize that that's the case. Yeah. I get to do this because I don't I don't have to just put food on the table because I don't have any other support systems. That's mm. a reality for a lot of people. Right? hundred. Um, but um, yeah, the, the irony of my parents being, especially my dad and my grandfather who, you know, they're, they're gruff Iranian men who just like worked hard, but you put them in any social setting. Fine. They're the ones who are making everybody laugh. They're the ones who are standing up, telling the stories. Mm. They're the ones who are like, you know, teasing all the other people and making everyone crack up. Like I grew up watching these performers and then those performers are telling me, stop performing Yeah, and go. And it's like, you bred this, you know, like you, and, and it's not a hundred percent your fault. There's also other yeah. influences, but like you contributed to this. But it's, it's, it's interesting because like, you know, coming, being a refugee and mm. having to put those things all to the side. So, you yeah. know, to, to provide and to make yeah. sure that you could yeah, you have do an opportunity, gotta, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like it's, it's 
and that's what I love about Raised by Refugees is that you kind of follow that journey. Yeah. And that's what I love in season two is, is the flashback stuff, you know, mm. and, and around what happened before. Mm. And I think a lot of the times, like us as, you know, children of, you know, like the sons and daughters, man, and me included, we don't actually like, get to know the full story sometimes. Mm. And I don't know why it's not a normal thing to ask your parents like, hey man, like what happened? And you know, like, so yeah. And yeah. it was cool that you got to document it, right? Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. And it was really, it was, it was a privilege. It is a privilege that my parents gave me the green light to explore cool. that story. And I'm not going to pretend like it was easy for them. I'm not going to pretend like they watched season two and were like, oh, this is fun. You know, like, <laughs> You know, my dad told me that when he watched it, he couldn't stop crying. And that night he couldn't sleep. You know, wow. the trauma doesn't go away. I just hope that like the trauma, the the expression and the exploration of the trauma doesn't fix things for my family. doesn't fix my dad, but mm. hopefully it can be helpful for someone else to feel like they're not alone or to feel like, you know, maybe the way that, you know, a lot of people feel embarrassed about the way that they've dealt with their trauma, but maybe it's okay. Mm. That, you know, I have this stuff. I went through the stuff in my life and we're all just trying to do our best. That's the message. That's the message that I want to be the strongest in season two, season one as well. But we leaned, I leaned more into it in season two, this idea that just because you're religious or just because you're from X country or mm. just because you're regardless of who you are and what you are and how you live your life. Life is not black or white. You're not good or bad. Life is not easy or hard. It's gray. And life is a journey of ups and downs. And sometimes you deal with things in a really great way. And sometimes you don't. And that's okay. The only thing that matters is that regardless of how quickly you're growing or how slowly you're growing, all that matters is that you're striving mm. to just be better day by day. And if that better is just a little bit the next day, that's okay. It's fine. If the as better, as if going. next week, the better is huge because you've made some breakthrough. Great. But that's not what's important. And that's, especially from the perspective of my father in season two, that's kind of the message that I wanted to come through is that idea. D doing season one, yeah. were you a bit like, this is what I wanted to do, but you're still learning everything. Oh, hundred percent season. The story of season two is what I wanted to do from the beginning. Yes. I have felt that but, when I watched it, I was yeah. like, man, this is because you did talk to me before anything mm. happened about it. Yeah. And you were telling me the story. I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. But what you told me yeah. is more season two than it is season one. Yeah. And that's a mix of different things. I didn't feel because season two, the storytelling is far more delicate. Yes, and, I agree. And I didn't feel ready to tell that story yet in a way that like maintained laughs and maintained comedy while at the same time not pulling punches. How hard was that balance? It would have been it would have been borderline impossible if I just came out the gate and did that. But yeah. because I had season one under my belt and in season one, I leaned more into the laughs mm. and, and trickled in the pain. So I, got, I started to learn what my balance is. I think everyone as a creator, I think everyone's balance is different. You know, like if you take Taika, for example, just as a case study and you look at Boy, which I think is Taika's most powerful work, but. You know, he's, he's, he's lots of beautiful works, but I think Boy is the most powerful. And you look at that balance. His balance looks different. His balance is literally first half of movie is a comedy with a little bit of drama trickled in. You start to get the inklings of what's going on. And then second half of movie rips your heart out. Mm. And that's the balance he wanted. That's what fits his 
his creative palette. Would you would you say like season one was more the comedy side and season two is not rip your, oh I suppose rip your heart out. There's a lot of times in there. Yeah, at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe I think I think maybe I did follow that pattern, but just in but just in, not organically. Yeah, yeah. From from season one to season two. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's an interesting way to look at it. I, I do. Yeah. I, I did want to endeavor to make season two feel like more like a, like an experience that was more um, intertwined mm. with drama and comedy, but not <clears throat> when the drama, when it felt organic for the drama to exist, not being scared of it because as a comedian, mm. as a comedian, your natural response is to undercut drama. Because that's okay. how we deal with, with, with pain, you know, as comedians, that's how we deal with, we, you know, this, this, there's this cliche, the in it, yeah, right? this cliche saying that I find a bit cringy, but it's true. If I be honest, if I be honest, it's true that comedy is pain. Mm. Comedy is the exploration of pain, but through a lens that allows us to laugh at it. Okay. And different comedians will explore different levels of pain. Like some people are just exploring like, you know, when you stub your toe, but they find like amazing vantage points that make us laugh and go, that happens to me all the time. And I never thought about it like that, but it's still. Yeah. A comedy is, uh, I mean, this, the, the nucleus of it is being relatable, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to be, have some form. I can't be um, telling jokes about my private jet or my yeah. helicopter because yeah. nobody will get it. But, but you know, what's, you know, what's beautiful is that like Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres is one of my favorite comedians of all time. Like, I think she was my favorite comedian growing up. Her mm. HBO specials in the 80s. I love. And and I had a big crush on her as well back then. Oh, that didn't that didn't work out. Yeah, no, I had no, I had no chance. Oh, no. maybe. I don't know. Hey, man, things yeah. change. Never say never. Yeah, the, the weather changes. The weather changes. Every, every day. Um. <laughs> Keep going, brother. <laughs> oh, and, edit that one out because Ellen's people will come and get us. <laughs> I feel I like heard, she's mad. I heard she's a bit mean. Bro, I went on Reddit and I was like, wow, <laughs> Ellen's out here acting a fool right Which now. Which is kind of what gets me going. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I love Ellen. I loved Ellen in the 80s. And then I watched her most recent special, which came out maybe four years ago, whatever, on Netflix. Sad to say that overall the special's somewhat average, but that's okay. Hmm. She's rich. Um, yeah, she, doesn't, the, she doesn't eat your feedback. But the first... I would say eight minutes of that special is brilliant. Mm. It's some. It's one of the best bits I've ever heard. Where she's she is a multimillionaire now, and we all know that. Yeah, and she comes out and she just addresses it. She doesn't shy away from it. She doesn't run away from it, and she starts talking about how. She, like the bit is like, um, God, isn't it annoying when you can't find your towel and you just, you went into the shower yeah. and you, I'm, I don't know if she says this, but I'm just trying to like okay. create some oh, kind of content. Like, okay, yeah, no, yeah, it's something you. like this where she's like, you're in the shower and you can't find it. And, and, and everyone's like, oh, that's relatable. Cause we've all done that. We walk into the shower and we go, like, where's the towel? Damn. Now I got to go, now I got to walk through the house, sopping wet, looking for a towel. And then she does something like. And then you just press the button and you call your butler and they bring it. And so that relatability didn't go anywhere, but, but still didn't shy away from the truth. Yeah. And that, that, that pain. And, and again, the pain that she's exploring is quite trivial. Mm. 
Yeah, and there's different levels of pain. Comedians can can draw on different levels of pain. Okay. And that pain is quite trivial. It's a pain that is more of an annoyance that we all relate to. Yeah. And that doesn't go away. Yes, the her context is completely changed, but that 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 relatable thing there doesn't go away, mm. right? And in the context of Raised by Refugees, what I wanted to do was not do that. Okay. And this falls into this world of forcing myself to be uncomfortable because a comedian's natural response is to explore pain in the context of comedy so that you don't have to face it in its entirety. We get to laugh at it. You don't, you don't have to explore it with its real emotion, which is real pain. And I forced myself to sit in that emotion and just let it be. Okay. Which was really, I, get, I, get, I feel that I get really that. hard. Like sitting back and and going through season two and thinking yeah. about it, I was like, yeah. no, I can see certain moments that would have been uh, even towards the end of season one. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can I can see where this is I going. I was starting to do it, yes, but I didn't get there, and no. I was like, oh, okay, let's see what happens in season two. Was it hard? To, um, you speak of pain. Yeah, there's different pains that you know yeah. for a comedian. Yeah, but that ultimate pain of being you know like um with dad and getting yeah. you know kicked out of his homelands yeah. because of his faith. Yeah. Was that, um, exploring that, how much was dad involved with that? Because, I mean, you know the most of the story, but yeah. did you involve him in just having a chat about things and getting more details or no? I involved him. Yes, yeah, I yep. did. I definitely did. Yeah, I, I sat down with them and and I, I flew to, I, I actually flew, because they live in Christchurch at the moment. They've been there for a few years now. And so I flew down to Christchurch literally just to sit with them for a day and just say, Hey, just share. Um, and then just whatever they shared, I would just type out and I would ask more questions and we would explore together. But that was also that, that trip to Christchurch was one to explore more deeply so that I have a much clearer picture of what actually happened. So I'm telling the story with grace and, and, um, authenticity, but it was also to get the, okay. Okay to make sure that they're okay with it because at the end of the day, it's their story. So yeah. I can't just be out here. How was that for you? Like sitting in that room yeah. and hearing the real stuff, yeah. you know, cause you probably like, you would have heard little murmurs here yeah, and there and yeah, putting, yeah. you know, puzzle pieces together yeah. around what happened, but yeah. not actually sitting down and this is what actually happened. That must yeah. have been quite uh, conflicted. I'm oh, not conflicted. It would have been like, Whoa. Okay. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's 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 the ultimate practice in gaining perspective. Mm. It's the ultimate practice in understanding your context as it relates to your parents. And what I mean by that is that understanding the fact the, the fact that you're even here and the fact that you even have these privileges is a direct result of their sacrifice. And I don't think you know, sometimes we fall into the trap, especially migrant and refugee communities. We fall into the trap of feeling like no matter what our parents request of us, it is our obligation to do it. Right. But I think, uh, and, and, you know, whether you get to this point or not is another whole issue and an, another whole topic. But I think getting to a place of mutual understanding and open dialogue mm. so that both parties are proud and and happy of what, of what is unfolding is, is the best place, but it's, that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's the ultimate practice in perspective and gaining perspective. And it's also the ultimate practice in 
developing empathy for your parents. Because even though your parents are refugees, it's really easy to like fall into patterns of like, oh, mom, you know, like yeah. that just standard like, like child parent relationship of yes. just like, my mom doesn't get me or yeah. like, you know, like, oh, I just want to do this. And you get frustrated because they're from another context and they came here in their third or 20s so you like they just want me to be like what it was back in the in home in the homeland and i was born here it's different mom like leave yeah. me alone you know because i think that's the theme of i mean pax's character on it yeah 100%. it's uh i don't want to say fish out of water it's kind of fish in water you know what i'm saying mm. like this is what how you live mm. and then you've got to be thrusted into this new zealand it's society. my parents that are the fish out of the water yes but Pax's Pax's character is the other way around, and he's trying to figure out yeah. how do I how do I stay here? Yeah. And it was also like a um, there's undertones of like how I mean, there's a lot in season two, but being proud of who you are as a yeah. as a culture, yeah. you know, yeah. is, is that something that you struggle with personally? I've only up? I've only I've only learned to be proud of of everything that I am, maybe in the last like five years mm. at 32 years old. What was that? What 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 sparked? I mean, people live all their life and they're ignorant to it. Yeah, you know. But what made you go? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually think about this for a second because it is quite it's conflicting. It's confronting, I should yeah, say. Yeah, that like you know finding who you are as and your fucker papa. Yeah, and also you know like when it comes to the Baha'i faith and yeah. things like that, yeah. like that's quite, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot yeah. of trauma there yeah. too yeah. with, you know, that. And yeah, I guess that would be. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, so like with a lot of migrant communities, especially in, and refugee communities, especially the second generation, we get caught, we get caught in a phenomena that, that only, um, only diaspora experience, which is, say, take the Iranian community, for example. This mm. applies to many communities, but take the Iranian community, the community I'm the most aware of. When the Iranian community or whoever leave their homeland at a certain time, say the 80s, when the Iranian revolution happened, yes, and they go to a Western country, they go to that Western country with a certain set of values and a certain set of cultural practices that were developed in their homeland. And then they go to that Western country. Once you're in that Western country, you are no longer in the context where you developed those habits and patterns and, and mindsets. <sighs> so now all those patterns and habits and mindsets and cultural practices stay stagnant. They just are now. And they don't go anywhere. They don't evolve. Yeah, They just stay, they just exist in this Western construct and for the rest of your life, give or take, they stay the same. Whereas the country that you're from, the culture and the mindsets and the, and the, and the, the ideologies of things. They're evolving. Yeah. They're changing. Maybe they're becoming more Western. Maybe they're not. It doesn't matter. Whatever direction they're moving, they're evolving. So if you go back to your homeland after say 25 years or 30 years of living in New Zealand, yeah. you don't recognize your own home anymore. And if people from your homeland come and talk to you, you look like an archaic remnant of what uh, was 30 years ago. Because you've been frozen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're in stasis. Yes. You're in cultural stasis. So the only thing that, and, and so the, the reason I bring that up is 
the only thing that allowed me to to really to let go of these like frustrations with the way I was raised and the expectations that my parents had for me and the the frustration of the culture that I'm growing up in and the culture that my parents want to hold on to so dearly rubbing up and 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 smashing against each other my mm. whole life the only thing that allowed me to let that go and just be proud of the pieces that make up me yeah. is understanding wow is 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 understanding why and how and when these things happened for example the thing we were talking about being a doctor this you know you can hold on to the frustration of your parents constantly saying you have to become a doctor constantly comparing you to cousins and family friends that have become doctors yeah. constantly being making you feel inadequate because your grades are not good enough to go to medical school can't you can hold on to those things or you can understand where it came from you know i, I very briefly mentioned that it comes from the, the, this notion that you come to the, a country as a refugee and inevitably as a refugee, you have something to prove. Well, isn't that, that that's that's a lot of, I mean, I mean, if we look at characters, yeah. if we look at what the stereotypical refugee is, right? Yes. They come over here, they work hard, yeah. they develop a business. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, that's, what what more could you ask for? Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. But, but, there, but inevitably there's something to prove because all, all you're thinking is, no one is thinking this. Well, maybe some people are thinking this, but yeah. the majority of people are not thinking this. But when you step into a country as a refugee, all you're thinking is, okay, I'm here. They've let me in. Okay, it's time. You don't be a burden. Yeah. Like, don't you prove yourself. Make sure people feel like you are a contribution to the society yes. rather than a, a charity case that they got to take on and be like, oh, we got to look after these people who have just filled with trauma and blah, blah, blah. No, I got to, you know, like, and whether or not those words are forefront in your mind, it lingers in the back. I bet. This notion that I don't want to be a burden on this country. I want to contribute. And, and, you, and that leaks into your children. You don't want your children to be a burden either. So becoming a doctor or engineer, those are the way, those are the quickest ways to remove yourself from that context of I am still a burden. My children, no, look at my children. Not only are they financially viable. And Contributed to but society. But they're contributing. They're healing people. They're yes. helping people or they're constructing bridges or all of this stuff. And the only way I could let go of the, the deep frustration of colliding with my parents constantly is developing that understanding. Mm. Without that understanding... And without that clarity of like why, when, and how things are happening, that collision is always going to be there, and that pride can never actually germinate. Did that? Did that clarity mm. become? You know, like we, we we look at water and it's clear, but did yeah. it become crystal clear after you had that sit down with them in Christchurch? It it, it must have. It, like it became it. It was it was clear for a while, but the level of person to person understanding yes. of like, what did you go through? Mm. I'm understanding what refugees go through as, as a, as a yes. whole or migrants go through as a whole. A blanket state. Yeah. A yeah, blanket yeah. kind of like, and, and, and I apply that to you as my parents and it is true. It's, yeah. it's fair to apply it, but it, ch it changed the understanding on a person to person mm. level, which is like a whole nother thing of like, Hey man, Hey dad, what did you go yeah. through? What happened on this day? What yeah. happened the next day after this? How did this? you feel? What was the first day like? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, outside. Wow. Because I think that's, um, you know, that's a, it's a very powerful point. And it, I mean, it comes back to, you know, the Baha'i faith as well. Yeah. And, you know, like the, um, like unity and, um, and diversity. Yeah. Did I, did I pull yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That right. So like. I love this, man. 
Right. What are you? What? What? I just, I just love. I know you're, you're trying to make this like. Because I you? know you, I know you, uh, yeah. and and we've hung out a lot, yeah. And so I know you. What you're doing is is caring about your craft, and 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 being a good interviewer and an interviewer that shows that they care about the person that they're talking to, mm. which is so important. Thank you, man. And it's so it goes a long way in creating a rapport and a in a context where I feel comfortable to explore mm. with you. But also, I know you're flexing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're yeah. like. I know you're like. Hey. Well, you know, you're in the, like in the, in the bye bye, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, even that, I mean, get back, stop that <laughs> shit. Okay, I'm being real here. Yeah. Just that three word motto, right? Unity and diversity. Yeah. There's so m- many layers to that that I'm kind of like, I want to know from you exactly. Yeah. Like, you could you could decipher that how you wanted to. Yes. But how do how does a community? Because it is a it is a community more than it is anything else. Yes. Yeah. Right. Around helping others and yeah. and and because that's the whole gist of it, mm. correct? Mm. So what does that mean to like uh, practicing ones in 2023? I think the key I think the key word in that is in. Mm. Sometimes. Even Baha'is, um, you know, you, it's very easy to feel because there's, the, 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 you know, the other switch to it is with, right? So yeah, unity with diversity or, or, or unity and diversity. See what I'm saying? But it's in. That's what I want to know about. I want to yeah. know why is it in? It's this idea. It's this idea that unity is not unity is not a concept that implies uniformity. Mm. Unity is not this concept that implies that we all think the same, we all do the same thing, we all dress the same, we all get paid the same. Which we is all... 90 to 80% of the religions, right? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, we have these rituals that we do every yeah, Sunday, we yeah. have this, we have that. Sure. But yeah. Yeah, and, and it's this idea that, that diversity is actually... Really, really, it's not something we tolerate. It's actually something that's necessary. Okay. Because with because diversity is what creates strength in Man. in institutions, yeah. in workplaces, on a sports team. If you're thinking about the most basic levels, in in educa- in places of education, in the arts, diversity is what gives something strength. Uniformity is what makes something weak. If you think about Oh wow! If you think Can, about okay, rewind that, can you say that one more time? That was on. So unity is what gives anything. Diversity yes. is what gives anything strength, and Oof. uniformity is what makes it weak. And the best, the best way to the best analogy I know of is this idea of a carpet. Okay. If you think of a carpet and you think of the weaves that come together to make a carpet, those weaves are all different and they all have different colors and they all have different patterns to them. But when they come together, they make a tapestry, right? Yes. The less weaves that come together, the the, the more, the, the less fibers that you put together in a carpet, the easier you can grab both sides and just pull it apart. Mm. The more weaves you put into the carpet and the more, and the, 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 the more diverse those weaves are, the stronger that carpet is. And also the more different those, those, those each strands are, the more beautiful the carpet is. Right. Yeah. So it's that idea that like, wow, this, this unity is not this idea of like, Hey, everyone be the same and think the same. It's this idea that, and it all, and it comes down, especially in the Baha'i faith, but I think in all religions, it comes down to this idea that we're all a soul 
And that, yes, we're different on the surface. Mm. We've got different skin color. We think differently. Maybe the way you view politics is different to the way I view politics. Maybe your eye color is different or um, the, uh, the, the type of um, the way you like to spend your money is different to the way I like to spend my money. If we focus on the differences, the, the, the amounts of differences are numerous. Mm. But if there's a point of unity that's intrinsic to every human being, regardless of who you are, where you're from and what you believe, which is we all have a soul, then this idea of unity in diversity becomes plausible. Because regardless of what you think, regardless of how you act within reason, obviously, but regardless of, of, of where you come from, what your skin color is, anything, mm. I see you as a human being who has a soul and I also have a soul. So at the end of the day, intrinsically at the core of who we are, we are the same. We are, we are united. Yeah. And the diversity only feeds into the tapestry of, of society being stronger. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that's, yeah, those core, that, that, that core principle is, is kind of what drives, or I try, that's what I, going back to Raised by Refugees and the message I wanted to, to come through in the second season of Raised by Refugees, this idea that just because you're a Baha'i or a Christian or a atheist or whatever it may be, or you believe in this, the, the policies of this party or you, whatever, whatever, mm. that being a good human being that contributes to society in a meaningful way is not a linear journey. It's not just this thing that like, I'm a behind now, I'm a good person. It's, it's a journey. Yeah. Sometimes you slide back and that's okay. Man. You know? Thanks brother. Like, you know, cause I think, you know, especially in New Zealand mm. you know, with, with religion, mm. you know, it, it can be a, a touchy subject and a lot yeah. of people don't understand like, you know, we're all allowed our own, you know, ways yeah. of thinking and we should, yeah. and just to respect that of other people, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cause there's sometimes, you know, growing up too, you know, especially in the hood, yeah. you know, that's the joke, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, joke, joke, joke. Oh, yeah. the bro's got a turban, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. That's the joke. But yeah. you don't understand that there's levels to that yeah. until you get older. And I think Raised by Refugees is a great, uh, I want to say like a vehicle really mm, mm. to say like, hey, this is what happens. This is what happened in 9-11 for people that mm. were had to had to live through this. Mm. And uh, even that, is there anything, especially around the 9-11 stuff, mm. is there anything that you were like, man, I wish I could put this thing that happened to me in, mm. but I wasn't allowed to, or I was, I was un unable to, because it was maybe a little bit too touchy. Maybe it was a little bit too, oh, I don't know if New Zealand audiences are you are ready for that. I can, I can, if you asked me this after I had just released season one, mm. the answer would be different. But with the release of season two, I can really thankfully say, and not everyone gets to say this, but I can really thankfully say, nah, yeah. Not really. I like that. I feel like I was able for season two to push myself to a place where I feel like I haven't left anything on the table. And and the beautiful thing is if if we do a season three, um, that now I get to just build from there and go, okay, what's further? What's what what's the natural progression of the show in a way that is still meaningful? And maybe season three goes back and leans more into the comedy again. Mm. And that's maybe the natural journey. That's maybe what the show needs to do, you know, or maybe it leans further into drama and there's way less jokes, Yeah, but it's just one of the things I've learned making the show is that 
also just being okay with like letting the natural unfoldment of a story happen mm. rather than trying to like wedge it into like what you think it should be. Um, but the, rather just being that okay wedging, with it. Yeah. That wedging was that uh, like a lot with season one? You just had to wedge as much because I mean, it must yeah. be hard to be like, bro, I don't know if we're coming back. We need to <clears throat> yep. get as much shit as I can in here now. Yeah, there was yeah, yeah, absolutely. The 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 writing of season one was was much harder. That that also comes down to like I haven't done this before. Yeah. And I'm like figuring out this craft like on the go. Yeah. But but yeah, there was a lot more like trying to play the game mm. of being b- a bit broad, you know, not going too nitty-gritty. You're trying to like establish yourself um uh in a way that makes audiences and decision makers trust you. Um, so you do have to play the game a little bit more. And then once that trust is built yeah. and decision makers and audiences and people go, okay, he knows how to tell a story now. Let's give him the reins a little bit. And yeah, the, the creation of season two, I, I was left to my devices a little bit more. Um, and I, I was free to call on help when I needed it, mm. uh, which was really amazing to be like, there's a real problem here with the storytelling or this, or I don't know how to, I don't know how to traverse this delicately. I need help. And I would call on help and people would come into my circle and, and help me adjust and, and craft. But yeah, season one was a very different experience, but I'm really grateful for that. Do you look back at the Pax Society at the start of, or even before season one? Yeah. And then you just sit back and you're like, wow, like I've really grown. I've really come a long way since then. And now I can move on to other things. Yeah. I, I, me and you, me and you have talked about this a lot, even off air, even off, off the record, where we're just hanging out. Yeah, and we've always we've talked about this idea of like natural progression, and just getting good at your craft through just taking opportunities when they come, when they come, and just working hard. Yeah, and and just caring. And I'm really grateful that like I've had that opportunity to do that, and I feel like Raised by Refugees is just a part of that that tapestry of just like. I got the opportunity. I didn't take it for granted. Yes, it's not perfect. Yes, I made mistakes. Yes, there are certain scenes, even season one and two, where I watch and go, I wish I did that. But that's okay. That's part of it. Yeah. You know, that's part of the journey. And to, uh, this is a long way of answering oh, your man. question. But, Take your time. But the answer to that question is yes. And, and um, but but not only do I look at myself before Raised by Refugees and go, man, I've come a long way. But I also look at myself, you know, before I ever did a comedy gala and I didn't know how to perform to more than a thousand people and walked on stage and performed to two and a half thousand people for the first time. And the first time was good, but you know, you're still figuring it out. It's a different dance now. Mm. You know, that the performing to large amounts of people is a different dance. You've got to learn that. Or the before I ever did my first hour of stand-up. Yeah. That doing an hour of stand-up is almost a different sport to doing 15 minutes, you know, 15 to 10 minutes. You got to come out, bah, 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 hit them with gags and you're out yeah. an hour. You take them on a journey gags, but they're lulls that you have to deal with. And like, you know, so like viewing myself before each kind of, I don't know what you call it, but like feather in my cap and then, and then, and then reflecting on the growth of going through that mm. gives me that feeling each each time and I look back. The bad the, the thing that I need to learn to do though is to like stop for a bit. And take a breath and have a look. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, do that enough. I, I, man, I don't do that enough either. Yeah. I'm like on to the next one. Like Same. what else is next? And I think that's something we connect on. Yeah. Is that like hustle mentality. Well there's not many that 
kind of do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, well, look at me. Like, I'm going to yeah. post this on social media and show yeah, everybody yeah. how great I am. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to do that. But yeah. also you have to kind of yeah. just, just grind. nose to the ground and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I got told off from James McConey to stop using the word grind. He's just like, bro, every time I see you, you're just talking about the grind, talking about the grind. I was like, brother, because you don't know it. You don't, yeah. you don't live this life, James yeah. McConey. Yeah. <laughs> Everything handed to you. Yeah, James man. Silver Platter McConey. Oh, man. Sheesh. You're in France. Wow, that must be nice. <laughs> sheesh. I haven't even been across the Harbour Bridge yet, oh, man. Parlez-vous Francais. Oh, sheesh. I'm out of here having a croissant, brother. <laughs> brother, it is so... Thank you also for coming on, bro. And thank you for just opening up and being the man and just your energy and your time and your effort and just proving you can do it is, is amazing, brother. Thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I always like talking to you. I, I don't know why, bro. it's funny. Eh? We, we went from talking about vasectomies and, <laughs> and, and, and your pubes. And then we went all the way that's to a duality. So, that's bro, a duality. That's we that were talking dichotomy, about. brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's their thing. But thank you so much, bro. My and pleasure, I cannot man. wait. I, I think we can do that. There we go. I cannot wait to bring you back on, bro. And hear what's been happening later on. Can't yeah. wait. All right, cool. Frank Podcast. Hello, we're Ellie, Chris and Guy from the Extremely Casual Gamers Podcast. We're a casual gaming podcast for the everyday gamer. We chat everything gaming from PlayStation to Xbox to Nintendo to PC, but not like full-on stuff, like super chill stuff, casual stuff, like, oh, if you had to date a video game character, who would you date? Even if you're just gaming on your mobile, we want to hang out with you. And we've got awesome giveaways for you to win. Join us every Thursday for a brand new episode. Just search Extremely Casual Gamers wherever you get your podcasts.